0: This episode is sadly dedicated to several people. Scott Bristol, TK1428 from Bloodfin Garrison, passed from this world earlier this month. Though retired from the Legion, he is remembered by the 501st for his commitment to costume excellence and sharing his passion with others. It is with honor that we enter his name into the Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. Eileen Sheeg Doyle, wife of Central Garrison member Kevin Doyle, TK172, She fought with cancer for 13 months before it took her from us. But during her battle, her passion for the 501st Legion was such that she still worked diligently to complete a costume to join the club. So in honor of her spirit and of her struggles, we are proud to induct her now as a full member of the Legion as TK14172. Rest in peace, Eileen, as one of our eternal Legionnaires. We would also like to express our sympathies to Richard, DZ3688, of Northern Darkness Garrison, on the passing of his wife Candy. She often accompanied him at troops as the Emperor Palpatine, so rest in peace, sister. And sadly and lastly, we also dedicate this episode to our very own Princess Leia Esquinazi. She earned her angel wings on June 6th. She will now be known eternally as CLOR9999 in the Galactic Academy. Please join us in remembering the light and love she brought into the many lives that she touched.
1: We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network.
2: You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st
0: Legion. Lucasfilm's preferred imperial costuming organization.
3: Stay tuned for global news from the front lines to the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work.
0: And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 74 for June 2013, and I am your host, Scott Allen, SL-9854.
4: And this is Nikki, DZ-8397.
0: The 501st Legion is currently at 6,325 members, with 10,612 approved costumes in the Legion.
4: So in this episode, we're going to be talking about some recent weddings that have taken place with our honorary members, uh, lots of mission reports, including some back from the May the 4th celebrations. We'll also be talking with one of the crazy cyclists that's Hmm. going to be making his way to Celebration Europe 2. And we have some upcoming events, big conventions. Other than Celebration Europe 2, we're going to have San Diego Comic-Con, uh, Fan Expo, and lots more reports to talk about later on.
1: Recent news.
4: Great Lakes Garrison inducted two new Friends of the Legion last month. Michael Ackerley, founder of Cherry Capital Con, and Rob Humphrey, exhibitor relations for Cherry Capital Con, are now added to our list of honorary members. The organizers go above and beyond to treat our members so well that Great Lakes really wanted to honor them in turn. We'll have a link to the induction ceremony video in our show notes. During this con this year, Great Lakes raised $1,100 from C3 patches, which is Cherry Capital Con, that's where the C3 comes from, that (laughs) featured their special friend Matthew on them, plus, of course, the... Uh, ever-popular Blast Trooper game. So excellent work, Great Lakes, and be sure to check out that video because it was actually quite unique. I hadn't seen anyone induct a Friend of the Legion quite like that yet. (laughs) So another Friend of the Legion that's been recently inducted is Stephen Hayford. He was inducted along with Star Wars sketch card artist Vanessa Fereño during Star Wars Weekends. We'll have a link to Stephen's Facebook page and Vanessa's Demon Art page in our show notes so you can check out their work.
0: Now, in last episode, we talked about the induction of Rodley and Hannah as new friends of the Legion. Well, shortly thereafter, there was a new blog on BlueMilkSpecial.com featuring an interview with Ray, TI-8380, commanding officer of the Old Line Garrison, as a way to introduce and or further educate some of their fan base to and or about us. We'll have a link to their blog in our show notes. Matt Lanter, the voice of Anakin Skywalker from the Star Wars The Clone Wars, got hitched on June 14th in Malibu to Angela Stacy. Being the big Star Wars fan that he is, obviously, there were clone troopers on hand to greet the newlyweds at the reception. And once the wedding party was introduced at the reception, the Star Wars theme music came on as the MC announced, From a galaxy far, far away, I would like to introduce for the first time Mr. and Mrs. Lanter. So congratulations, Matt and Angela. Oh, speaking of weddings, congratulations to Uncle George and, if we may be so familiar, Aunt Melody on tying the knot this last weekend.
4: Yeah, I saw pictures of the, their wedding picture on Facebook. She had—I loved her bouquet. I loved that color blue that right? she had for for her flowers.
0: Yes, very l- pretty. Lucky man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Definitely. So, Empire City Garrison has a new unit within its territory. Squad Leader Bob, CC-1299, and 13 other intrepid troopers of ECG have occupied the lower and mid-regions of New York State's Hudson River Valley and formed the aptly named Hudson Valley Squad. They were officially recognized by the Legion on May 26, 2013, so be sure to like their new page on Facebook and watch for updates from the Blossoming Squad. Good luck on your mission, troopers.
0: Excellent more troopers for the Legion. Mid-South Garrison CO Rachel, ID 8072, tried something new for her troops last month. She made a video version of her CO report to her unit.
5: Hi, welcome to the Mid-South Garrison Commander's Blog. Um, I'm Rachel Inc., your commanding officer, and I just wanted to try something a little bit different this time. In the past, I've done... Um, a written commander's blog, but this time I wanted to try to do a video. So I'd love to hear feedback from you on um, what you think. I just thought it would be um, something that we could try and we could post it both on our forum and on Facebook. So just uh, another way for me to be able to connect and um, interact. So um, let me know what you think. The first thing that I want to talk about is our events. We participated in 22 events during the month of May. Awesome! great job. Um, Those events were in Kentucky, Chattanooga, Knoxville, all over. So um, Nashville, Clarksville, I mean, I could just go on and on. So you guys did an awesome job and I'm really, really excited um, that we have so many events that we're able to participate in. Um, We also participated in many, many, um, we spent many hours collectively supporting um, charities, both through fundraising efforts and um, just in a supporting way. And we trooped 47 charity hours this, this month, so I think that's really amazing and I thank you guys for getting out there and doing a great job at that. And if you want to know more about our charity um, connections and the things that we do and really look at the hard numbers, Jenna Micah has a great charity blog on our forum, so go ahead and check that out and um, Feel free to, um, you know, ask any questions there. Um, But really, I just want to say you guys are making a huge difference. Awesome work. Great job. Just amazing.
0: We'll have a link to the full report in our show notes.
4: So we talked about this endeavor on a previous podcast. An organization called the First Sensory Legion is putting together their first event called Feel the Force Day, geared towards the disabled and visually impaired. It will be taking place in Peterborough in the UK on October 26th. We'll have a link to their Facebook page as well as a Kickstarter page that they have set up to help fund the event. Some Star Wars celebrities are already signed up to participate. Warwick Davis, Pam Rose, Alan Flying, and Peter Burroughs. And consider supporting this event if you can. It definitely sounds like a worthwhile
0: endeavor. That does sound fun, actually. So I don't know if anyone else has heard the rumor, but I saw an article about Star Wars Land in Disney World's Hollywood Studios. There are some stories, and we'll put the links in the show notes, but Net had a story. GeekyRant.com, I believe, also had a story. And they're talking about things like a cantina-themed restaurant... Uh, what was it? Leia and the seven Tie Fighter coaster, uh, a, a Millennium <laughs> Falcon walk through, kind of like the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Submarine, uh, Under the Sea walk through. So I, I don't know. I I think I might be getting just a little bit excited about the possibility of a Star Wars land.
4: Definitely. Of course, we should you know give a nod to our honorary member Tom Hodges, who had come up with the idea long before anyone else. I forgot right? what it was. Was it Sea... C- Five
0: Yeah and he drew I think up the his whole print, thing. Yeah. He, did the he, whole he had print. the whole
4: thing mapped out already, you know. So
0: So we should call it Hodges Land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know what other kind of uh it'll be interesting to see what they fully do with it and then what other kind of exciting things they can do, like the uh the, the Wookiee arm pulling uh ride where you can have your arms <laughs> pulled off by a Wookie. Uh you know, the uh Ewok uh arrow ride where you can get shot at by Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Someone was saying I was reading uh, that they should make a ride like Soren, but you're like in the Ewok hang glider or in you know some sort of ship, X wing right. or whatnot or snowspeeder or whatever. They should make a ride like Soren, but with Star Wars theme. But I was
0: I was thinking more like uh, an, an AT AT ride where you get in and all it does is falls to the ground <laughs> <laughs> and explodes. Well, okay, maybe not the exploding part. Yeah,
4: I mean, because you'd want them to be able to come back to your park again yeah. someday. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, so, it's certainly yeah. certainly going to be interesting to see what actually happens, but they better bring something out here to SoCal, that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
4: Well, unfortunately, to make room for this Star Wars land, I think they're actually going to have to cut out some things that are already there, like the backlot tour. And uh, I've heard that maybe lights, camera, action or whatever that uh, stunt show is might go. Oh, right. Um, although I've also been hearing rumors in addition to Star Wars land, that they were thinking of putting some smaller version of the Radiator Springs that's out your way down in Florida, too. So I don't know where they're going to stick all this stuff.
0: But, <laughs> right.
4: Um. But so far, the rumors are maybe as early as 2015, we'd see stuff like the Cantina restaurant open. So that's that's when I'm starting to save up to go. 2015.
0: Right. <laughs> it, could, it could be kind of fun if they do a little at a time or they can do a, 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 a death Star Wars land and they can just let people pay to enter the park and build it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the ride. You get to actually help build the Star Wars land. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I don't know. They only used, didn't they only use, like, Wookiees or something? Or what did they use to build the Death Star?
0: Wasn't it, wasn't, cl- it, wasn't it clones?
4: I don't know. I thought I'd read some story about how, like, that's Chewbacca's friends or whatever <laughs> his, got his people. kidnapped. And they were slave labor to make the Death Star. I don't know where I'm getting this stuff from, but.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They didn't have a lot of robots, I can tell you, because they kept ripping them apart. So. <laughs> I'm not so sure.
4: So we'll see. Definitely exciting stuff coming up. And obviously they're still going forward with the Star Wars weekends. Um, But then, I don't know, maybe they'll start doing the parade like through the Star Wars land eventually. That'll be cool.
0: We can only hope.
4: So one of the other rumors that uh, I've been reading online recently, actually, I heard it through um, the Full of the Sith podcast. They were interviewing um, Kevin Kiner from the Clone Wars. He's a composer from the show. Oh, right. And I guess and we'll have a link to the um to their podcast, but basically he was sort of hinting that um the bonus material that's going to be released for the D V D might have ten full unreleased episodes on it.
0: Uh huh.
4: So I think we kind of talked with um Stephen Stanton, I believe right. about that too that that might be a possibility so yeah,
0: they had they had finished quite a number of the episodes for the final or for the the next season,
4: mm-hmm. uh
0: so that would be uh pretty awesome if it was enough to you know sort of finish it up
4: Yeah, so we'll have to keep a lookout for when the, the next dVD set comes out
0: absolutely. Hi, this is Steven Stanton, honorary member of the five o first, and you're listening to the five o first cast. <laughs> Back in April, 70th Explorers Garrison, with the support from the Central Garrison, appeared at an anime event in St. Louis. The 501st Legion were even billed as guests. Top billing, in fact. Uh, Well, okay, only billing, but still, guests. The con was an amazing success. Uh, More than uh, $900 was was raised through the jail and bail activity to benefit the Brentwood and University City Libraries. The con also raised over uh, $900 uh, through a charity raffle, plus $571 through ticket sales. So in the end, almost $2,400 was raised for the libraries. That's excellent work, troops. Uh, we're going to have a link to some of the pictures from the event in our show notes. And uh, thanks to Gregory, RC10423, for that report.
4: And on April 20th, members from around the country came to Denver for StarFest and were also able to help participate in the Best Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation Gala Auction in Denver's history, at least by 501st standards. The volunteers included Scott, TK4149, and Melissa, SL7497 from Mountain Garrison. Jess, TK-7235, retired from Southern California Garrison. Edwin, TK-8272, from Golden Gate Garrison. Scott, BH-8759, from Dune Sea Garrison. Jason, SL-1375, and Rachel, ID-9238, from Central Garrison. Mig, TA-9100, from Florida Garrison. Steve, ID3052 from Midwest Garrison, and Ashley from Rebel Legion's Great Lakes Base. In addition, a huge shout-out needs to go to Steve Sansweet, TK6590 of Golden Gate Garrison, and the main reason this event was such a success. And if all those names together sound familiar, it's because in patch circles they're known as the WonderCon Patch Crew. But back to the gala. Rancho Obi-Wan had generously donated two Jedi Knight memberships, which were used to create a flyaway event. This included a private plane to San Francisco, three nights lodging, as well as a grand tour of Rancho Obi-Wan to be attended by 501st members. The winning bidder also received a Stormtrooper helmet donated by Scott and Melissa Maggerflesh. Bidding started fierce, and in the end, the auction package sold for an amazing $8,500. To date, Mountain Garrison, along with help from other garrisons, has raised over $25,000 at the galas alone for JDRF in the last five years. We'll have a link to a group picture in our show notes, and thanks to Scott, TK4149, for that report.
0: That's the kind of stuff I like to hear. Awesome event fundraising by our troops. Indeed. So uh, the Singapore Garrison spent Star Wars Day geeking out all over the place. They were at Kinokuniya Bookstore's free comic book day event and raised a 400 Singapore donation, which is approximately 316 U.S. dollars, for the Singapore Red Cross. They also attended May the 4th celebrations at the Nanyang Polytechnic School of uh, Interactive and Digital Media, which garnered approximately 1798 Singapore, or 1424 U.S. dollars, for the Children's Society. Some of their members also made direct personal contributions by purchasing some of the cookies, uh, blue milk, and special May the 4th t-shirts that were for sale. The Empire also made its presence felt in the heart of Singapore's premier High Street for a promotional Hasbro event featuring Angry Birds Star Wars and uh, rocket launcher Boba Fett. We'll have a link to photos uh, from that activity as well in our show notes. And last but not least... They also appeared at the Singapore Philatelic Museum, where a special display had been put up uh, just for Star Wars Day. The Philatelic Museum hosted a light versus dark exhibition, stamps and collectibles, featuring a unique limited edition set of stamps produced by the Singapore Post Office uh, in collaboration with Lucasfilm. This being a Lucasfilm publicity as well as a community and family event, the 501st was present to lend the scene its own special stamp of character. Listen to this.
5: Now, it's May 4th today, and that's a special date for Star Wars fans. And that's simply because today, you can say May the 4th be with you. And the troops were out in full force indeed at the Singapore Philatelic Museum. Uh, These are some of the 800 visitors who enjoyed free entry just for dressing the part. The museum's light versus dark stamps and collectibles exhibition is now on until the end of June.
0: We'll have a link to the full video of that new report in our show notes. We'll also have more photos, including a wild Jawa who made her costume within a half a day. The Singapore garrison returned to the Philatelic Museum on Father's Day as well for a special troop uh, before the exhibit ended. So great work, Singapore, and here's to an even more geeky and awesome Star Wars Day in 2014. And thanks to PR officer. Olivine SL seven four four six for that report.
4: And our Singapore Garrison is also new to Facebook, so we'll have a link to their Facebook page uh, in our show notes as well. Oh, that's I was, cool. I I meant to look it up. Um, I don't know exactly how many members they have in the Singapore Garrison, but I was astounded that they were able to fit in four events in one day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's awesome. <laughs>
4: Alright, so Bloodfin Garrison trooped a performance of the Evansville Philharmonic Orchestra at the end of May. Evansville native Ron Glass, who played Shepherd Book on Firefly, was the MC. The conductor even got to the spirit into the spirit of things by dressing as Han Solo.
3: It would be hard to imagine Star Wars without that powerful music of John Williams, just as it would be hard to imagine Star Wars without Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers. Troopers. Speaking of which, let's hear it for the 501st Region, Legion,
1: and the Troops.
4: We'll have a link to that video clip from the evening in our show notes. Thanks to Liz, DZ7940, for that
0: report. Well, the Carolina Garrison attended the sixth annual XCON World 13, a uh, comic book sci fi animation convention uh, which had an estimated 5,000 attendees. Uh, Legion members posed for a steady stream of photo requests. One member was even uh, stuck in place for about 45 minutes posing for a picture after picture after picture after picture. The troopers came in contact with just about every type of sci-fi species of zombie, superhero, villains, video game, anime characters, abstract cosplay characters, anything you could imagine. So it sounded like a really great time. In addition to the many customers, there were uh, several celebrities Uh, Garrick Hagen, uh, Biggs from Star Wars, A New Hope, Doctor Who and Batman, uh, Deep Roy, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Return of the Jedi, Neverending Story, Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, Lee Ehrenberg, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Seinfeld, Once Upon a Time, as well as uh, other actors from the ever-popular The Walking Dead. So thanks to Jason, TD5945, for that report.
4: That sounds like a fun show. I'm actually uh, looking forward to getting to meet Deep Roy for the first time. He's coming to a convention here in Excelsior Land in September.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Should be fun.
4: Yeah. So New York City's Empire City Garrison and Rebel Legion's Echo Base with New Jersey's Northeast Remnant Garrison all had very good reason to gather in Times Square on Thursday, May 23rd, as it was day one of a three-day Lego event for the release of the new animated series Yoda Chronicles that premiered back on May 29th. You've probably seen the pictures online by by now, but LEGO revealed a scale X-Wing fighter built completely out of LEGOs. It was definitely most impressive. Legion members posed for pictures with the fans and brought attention to the event. The morning started with a segment for Cartoon Network, and then at 10 a.m., the X-Wing was revealed. So we'll have a link to pictures and video in our show notes. Thanks to Patrick, ID 3755, for that report.
0: When I saw the pictures of that at first, I called my friend in New York. and I'm like, you get down there and you take some photos of the Lego X-Wing. I don't care if it's cold or not. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, that wasn't hard because her kid was like, we're going. (laughs) You know, and then he was mad that he couldn't sit in it. So,
4: (laughs) oh, yeah, sorry.
0: Uh, But yeah, yeah, that was that was really something I I actually didn't know uh, anything about that until I saw some photos on Facebook. And I was like, what happened?
4: Yes, it was definitely a hush-hush event. Now, did you know at the time when you told your friend to go down there that it was going to be shipped out to you?
0: No. (laughs) So so even better, had I known it was coming to my backyard soon? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but it's mine, people, all mine. (laughs) Um, Another phenomenal uh, once-in-a-lifetime experience uh, happened on May 23rd in Singapore again. When one sand trooper and two storm troopers from the Singapore garrison went on stage for the Social Star Wars Awards at uh, Marina Bay Sands to help perform the first ever live Harlem Shake. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. Also, while backstage, Lucky Devils, they ran into Steven Tyler of Aerosmith fame. We have a link to the video that his assistant shot of that specific meeting.
3: We're not worthy. We're not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Albert, TK2818, for that report.
4: Yeah, they, they also got to meet um, George Takei. I guess he was <laughs> they... there because he is now a social media star, so he got to be at the event as well. Who doesn't um... love
0: his posts?
4: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so, so they were just, you know, racking up the, uh, the celebrity meet and greets there at that one event.
0: That's funny. That's awesome, good.
4: Mm-hmm. So Midwest Garrison recently hosted Star Wars Celebration Joliet. The first event in 2010 was started to get kids into the library and discover what it had to offer and emphasize the joy of reading. But what started with about a dozen troops and 300 visitors to Illinois' Joliet Library has grown to about 85 costume troops and 5,000 visitors for 2013. They overtook not only the library, but also the City Center, Joliet Historical Museum, and the adjacent Clinton Street. In addition to costumers and props from the 501st, which included Midwest, Wisconsin, Northern Darkness, 70th Explorers, Bloodfin, and Great Lakes Garrison, the Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, R2 Builders, and the Jedi Assembly were also there, plus artists Dave Dorman, Mikey Babinski, Steve Palencia, Janine Gender, Jim Tampa, and Jimmy Haas, plus a demonstration from a Jedi swordsman, the Illinois Troubadour Klingon Music Project, and even Orly Shoshan, who played Shock T in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, was there. So we'll have some pictures from that in our show notes. And thanks to Phyllis TK1951 for that report and for your hard work coordinating this massive event.
0: Wow, that is a lot of stuff going on.
4: We should also, uh, I guess, give a shout out to Kathy Van B from Midwest Garrison. She brought over to the Historical Museum tons of her. Full-size costumes plus her um, doll-sized replicas that she makes for the American girl size dolls. Really, she had a, she had a whole display over at the historical museum. Just was kind of like uh, the archive exhibit right there. That's crazy. Jol- <laughs> yeah, and Juliet. So yeah, so we'll have pictures of that so people can check them out in our show notes.
0: There you go. Take a look at the show notes, peoples. Uh, Three members of Empire City Garrison attended the Weird Al concert at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York on Sunday, June 2nd. The ECG were provided their own dressing area, plenty of pizza and water. Weird Al's management were very hospitable and appreciative of their appearance. Uh, The Capitol Theater staff were accommodating as well. And Weird Al thanked our members and invited them into his dressing room after the performance for photos. The ECG uh, stuck around in costume afterwards and took photos with the audience in the lobby. And we'll have a link to the pictures and also a video in our show notes. And thanks to Red Force uh, TK10666 for that report. I do have to say that actually those are some of the best events we do. Weird Al is one of the nicest guys, and they are always so good to our troops. So glad to hear that the saga continues.
4: Yes, there's a lot of concerts coming up, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes as well. So for the first weekend of June, Carolina Garrison attended one of their home conventions, Con Carolinas in Charlotte, North Carolina. Legion founder and Garrison exo, Albin Johnson, was there, and he, along with Star Wars author Timothy Zahn, was interviewed for the sci Fried podcast, which we'll have a link to in our show notes. Overall, there were about 15 501st members who attended the con. They participated in a Meet the 501st panel, plus members helped with several other Star Wars panels throughout the weekend. Some members also served as an honor guard for Timothy Zahn's opening ceremony's presentation, including the Legion's only two Empire of the Hand Imperial officers from his book Survivor's Quest. And last but not least, they raised almost $150 for Make-A-Wish from their Blaster Trooper game. Thanks to Sherilyn, ID 976, for that report.
0: That Timothy Zahn, he's a scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. Is that his most recent book? Now yeah. or as, yeah. as in, as in, I could not remember if another one came out yeah. since then.
0: Oh, he may have done another. The guy, the guy he's a good writer, that Tibby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like his stuff. But yeah, Scoundrels was, I just actually read that. That was a good book. Mountain Garrison recently completed their second annual appearance at Denver Comic-Con. Nearly 50,000 attendees were able to get into the show, and several thousand turned away from the same-day sales. Uh, There were a number of Star Wars-related guests in attendance. As many as possible were provided Legion swag as a thank you for their work. Dee Bradley Baker, as a native of Colorado, offered up a free autograph to every con attendee, and he generously provided the garrison with autographed 8x10s to be auctioned off for their special-needs family. Before the convention, they had a a graduation program with the Denver Comic Book Classroom Literacy Program. Peter Mayhew was the guest of honor and read to the children. A special meet and greet was arranged with Peter Mayhew for the special needs family, and the Mayhew Foundation generously wrote a check to assist them. So between the the Make-A-Wish auction, Blast-A-Trooper game, uh, and donation table, approximately $10,000 was raised for charity. This is really amazing work, Mountain Garrison, so salute to you. Thanks to uh, Shanna, TB24601, for that report.
4: And uh, some of our listeners may wonder why Denver and Peter Mayhew sound familiar together. Well, Peter and Angie's flight home from Denver Comic-Con was when the infamous TSA confiscation of Peter's lightsaber (laughs) walking cane took place.
0: I don't think that's a cane. That looks like a weapon. A weapon, (laughs) son.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So if if you hadn't heard about that, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. But, you know, basically the TSA thought that his lightsaber cane was suspicious looking, even though he was sitting right there in a wheelchair and and obviously needed assistance walking. But, you what know, what
0: happened is they were like, that is the most awesome cane. <laughs> if we confiscate it. We can keep it. <laughs> shameful, shameful TSA. All right. Never mind.
4: (laughs) But afterwards, Peter was uh, even contacted by CNN and interviewed because of the incident. So we'll have a link to that interview as well from our show notes and a little bit of audio we're going to play in a second here.
1: Nice. I told him the cane was the same cane that we'd taken all over the world and that the cane had come up from Dallas with us. Uh, A few days before and he said, well, you're not taking it home. It's not going back to Dallas. At that point, both Zach and myself, we got our cameras and we said to the officers, I'm we're tweeting this. We have to have the cane. It has to go back with us. Apparently, Zach went to the supervisor and said, you do know you just told Chewbacca he can't have his lightsaber cane. I'm gonna assume that they didn't know who we were and there wasn't any reason for them to know who we were. We don't ever do that. We expect to be treated like everyone else, but I will say at that point their attitude changed and within a couple of minutes, not only did they give Peter his cane back and clear it, but they asked us very specifically to be sure and tweet Mm that the cane had been returned. You know, our job is to see to that people have a good time. Yeah, that's and, and, uh, uh, what we're here for. Yeah, if, if the Wookiee arrives in a foul mood, nobody's going to have a good time, <laughs> I promise.
2: <laughs> no, you never want the Wookiee to arrive in a foul mood. Imagine taking Chewbacca's lightsaber cane away. I do not think that is in the TSA training manual. Despite the ordeal, the Mayhew's, they have a positive message for everyone involved.
1: Travel in peace. And
0: may we all travel <laughs> oh.
1: in peace. Oh? in peace. In
0: In Well said. I
2: could have said any better myself.
4: Fortunately, the flight home from Star Wars Weekends went much smoother for them. <laughs> and speaking of Star Wars Weekends, it just wrapped up at Walt Disney World's Hollywood Studios for another year, with the 501st and Rebel Legions marching each day of each weekend that it ran. There were even a few new costume firsts this year, including Starkiller, Cad Bane, and Lord Starkiller, a trooper that came in from Peru. And we had a record number of troopers for the first weekend, 179, and the last weekend's Saturday day, 180. Members came from as far as Australia to march and hang out. Plus, as a special thrill, Steve Sansweet marched with us in his crewmen for the final weekend. We'll have a link to video from the first weekend in our show notes. So if you'd like to march with us next year, start making plans to get your costume made or upgraded now so that it'll be in tip-top shape by early 2014.
0: That might be kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Our Costa Rica outpost was contacted via their Facebook account to assist in a special wedding presentation to be held in Manuel Antonio Beach, one of the Costa Rica's finest beaches next to a national park in the Pacific Coast. The bride is a huge Star Wars uh, fan, and so the wedding planner uh, helped to arrange for the 501st to pay her a surprise visit uh, and help the newly, newlyweds with a special toast at the wedding reception. A donation of 250 was made to the charity uh, in the 501st Legion's name, plus the wedding planner gave an additional $100 bonus donation. After the main mission was fulfilled, they took a small detour to take some pictures at sunset, but they were having so much fun they decided to go back to the beach the next morning for more photo ops. So we'll have a link to a whole bunch of the shots of these beach-frolicking troopers in our show notes. And thanks to Grand Admiral Ed AR5494 for that report.
4: On June 8th, members of the 501st and Rebel Legion visited the Balboa Naval Hospital in San Diego, California, for their annual NICU Survivors Picnic. And we'll have a link to a set of pictures from the visit in our show notes. It's definitely always uplifting to do those kinds of troops. I, that know, is, I, just, yeah. I just had a hospital visit, our first for Excelsior, actually, this past weekend. So.
0: Yeah, that is uh, one of our favorite events down in San Diego. We uh, do one, I think, every year. Uh, I don't know how many years it's been now, but it's a, it's a really great troop. So uh, last week, members of the United Kingdom garrison recently uh, detained uh, – well, the rebels are calling it a kidnapping, of course. But they detained the mayor of rugby, Tony Gilius, and Selena Wright, deputy manager for Acorns Children's Hospice. Legion members invaded the town center to spread the word for charity, which aims to provide care and support for over 2,000 life-limited children in the region. ACORNS relies heavily on fundraising and donations to run its care services. Each of its three hospices costs £7,500 per day to run, and the charity does not charge for its services. So you can learn more about their mission at www.acorns.org.uk. We'll have a link uh, in the online news article about the uh, incident in our show notes.
4: And we wanted to share with you something that was posted to the 501st Legion Facebook page back on June 12th. It's a a letter from J.M. Saber Slinger. Not quite sure if that's his real name or if that's his handle, but, you know, that's what he posted as. So here's the letter. Thank you very much to the 501st Legion Southern California Garrison for braving the 106 degree desert heat and participating in the 2013 Riverside Relay for Life event. Special thanks to Manuel Cruz and Corey Cruz for working so late and hard into the night preparing their astromech droid, their costumes, and a special 501st Legion t-shirt for Ethan C., a five-year-old cancer patient with a six-month prognosis. Their participation was definitely a highlight for the entire event. Special thanks to Todd Mullen and Christine Stabler-Mullen for driving almost 100 miles one way to Riverside. And their help, particularly Christine, with organizing and coordinating the costumers, not just the 501st, but also the Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, and the Orange County Star Wars Society. From the opening ceremonies, all through the photo shoots and the eventual gift presentation to the event's Honorary Grand Marshal, Ethan C., their participation was absolutely invaluable and definitely appreciated. Special thanks to Derek Doherty, who drove almost 70 miles one way and showed up in his beautiful TK armor and volunteered to give the 501st Legion t-shirt to Ethan on behalf of the Southern California Garrison and the 501st Legion. Thank you very much to Chris Hale, Natalie Osborne, and the rest of the 501st Legion Southern California Garrison contingent, he says he apologizes for not knowing your names at this point, for braving the sweltering desert heat while covered from head to toe in beautiful, highly detailed, movie-quality Star Wars costumes. Your efforts and participation lifted some tired spirits and got some desperately needed smiles. In the fight against cancer, this often makes all the difference. Thank you. On a personal note, I have never encountered the impending tragedy of being in the presence of a young child whose life is ending even before it really starts. I cannot do anything to save his life. No one can. Your participation helped give everyone a feeling of doing something for little Ethan, and on behalf of little Ethan, his family, and everyone around him, we thank you very much for your efforts and participation. Thank you. So that was a really, really nice message, and I just wanted to share it all with everyone who's listening.
0: Yep, that is some really good stuff right there both the nordic garrison and the southern california garrison had legoland events in the last couple of weekends we didn't get the full reports on those quite yet so hopefully we'll have a full report about each of those events in our next episode
4: although we do have a video that we're going to link to that we can share so from the southern california one Um, and i think we had some pictures uh from the nordic garrison troops. so we'll have some little teasers and then hopefully we can get you some more details on each of those next episode
0: and perhaps you can see my giant X-wing, Lego, Tie Fighter. Oh wait, it's a X-wing <laughs> fighter. Never mind. X-wing, whatever. All right, it's not so exciting anymore. I've seen it.
6: <laughs>
4: sure, you can see that. It was in my state, but I didn't even get to see it because it was like six and a half hours away.
0: What did they say? It was like five million four hundred thousand Legos to yeah. to make that thing. I was like, well, that's only about 5,390,000 more Legos than I have. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Definitely cool though. Yeah, right? Later on in the show, we're going to be talking about some of the uh, great big conventions that we have coming up this summer that the 501st Legion is going to be participating at, but for a moment, we're going to take a step back in time, sort of, and bring you back to last summer when the 501st Legion was at Celebration 6. And joining us on the show tonight, we have Derek from Doctrine Creative and Matt, SL1741, better known as Red Eye, from the Florida Garrison. And they're going to join us and talk about the new Celebration 6 DVD that just came out recently. So welcome to the show, guys.
2: Thanks. Thank you. Thank
4: <laughs> you. So, how did this all get started? Derek, you were mentioning to me earlier that you have been working with Red Eye for three years on um, documenting processes of the 501st at these conventions. You want to talk more about that? Yeah.
2: uh, You know, a few years back, I got into documentary filmmaking, and uh, we had worked with Red Eye on a Star Wars fan film called Mikazi 1. And Red Eye is always talking about new ideas, and he was talking about really – you know, wanting to work together on um, producing, you know, a video that could chronicle all the work and the experience of the 501st Bash back in 2010 for the C5 celebration. And um, I was really excited to do it. And after talking with Red Eye about the organization, I had never heard about it before. And the documentary I was working on is about community and kind of the power of community. And... I was really intrigued by what this international organization could do, brought together by fandom, but then inspired to do other things collectively. And this, this bash, the, the things that Red Eye was talking about doing was like, I had to be there and see this happen. So,
4: <laughs> so, so really, Celebration 5 was the first time you had been introduced to the 501st? Yep.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah, to okay. Celebration 5 was in 2010, and when these Doctrine created, Derek and Marco and those guys came aboard, um, we did. that was the first time we've ever done anything like a bash before on a party of that scale for the 501st Legion. And um, right. so it was a learning process for a lot of us. And our team, uh, we had a team made up of 501st members throughout, um, that organized everything and worked with Derek and his team. And that was me and Scott Will and Dean Planamera and Leslie Farquhar and uh, my wife, Melissa, Tina Wilson, um, and Dutch. Dutch Masala was out in the Pacific Outpost, not in Hawaii. He, like, did all of our graphics. So we, we each had our own jobs to do. But then again, you don't just stick with one thing. You do whatever you got to do to get it done, you know. So mm-hmm. C5 was a real learning process. Uh, we learned a lot of things from C5, and then C6 was held in Orlando, Florida again, um, and we improved on a lot of things, which, uh, through discussions, different phone calls and different things with Derek and Dr. Creative, we we, we expanded on those things, like child care. Like, we didn't do that at C5, we did that at C6, you know, where, where uh, parents could still attend the bash. Um, when was that, Derek? That was Friday night? Yeah. That was on Friday night, right? And then they could uh, have their kids in a professional daycare setting as well right there in the hotel. So uh, different things we learned from, from C5 to C6. Yeah,
2: and I, and I think that for me, just seeing just seeing the, the possibilities that uh, Red Eye would talk about when talking about the event, you know, I came in thinking, all right, we'll document this event the celebration and we'll put it together and it'll be a nice, a nice token for everybody to take home after the event to look back on you know mm-hmm. I, I've seen those done before and as we started brainstorming about it you know the the kind of open the open door of like well let's let's get an ice sculpture you know <laughs> of the 501st logo and I'm like <laughs> what and like and then like let's let's have we a band a perform sweater, there And so those things started, you know, inspiring me because in our business, you know, kind of what we already always did is come up with creative solutions for people. You know, if it was a website, it'd be a website. If it was a video, it'd be a video. And now we're getting into sort of like mobile app development just because that's where sort of the creative media is going. So after hearing all these ideas, we started talking and thinking, well, why not just, you know, a lot of this is going into making the 501st sort of like, Seem bigger than—I I can't think of the term right now. It's like just seem bigger, bigger than they really are. Seem like, um, you know, they spend all this time making these costumes to look like they came off the movie screen. I've heard many of them say that. You know, mm-hmm. that's a big part of the organization. And we wanted to put together something that kind of make them feel like official. Like this is the DVD. We're on it. Look at us on the screen. Yeah. Um, and that really felt good to do.
3: Yeah, it was cool too. Uh, what was real cool, Nikki, was like we got to do some things that's never been done. Like we could do the uh, a special video on the Droid Hunt, or we could do at C6. We didn't do it at C5. We had a dinner for 600 members and their friends. Um, so inside the DVD, we did like uh, where Dean, one of my favorite parts of the that was on the C5 DVD. Yeah. Was where the uh, coin challenge. And that was in the patch trade that we had. And Dean went off and uh, coined Albin. And uh, the way Doctrine did it, I mean, they laid it out great. It was like, (laughs) I tell people it was was something that you'd see on on television. Yeah. That that was my favorite (laughs) video, you know, where Dean – and then Doctrine went in with a a countdown. And Dean, it was all spur of the moment. It almost looked like it was planned. You know, and he was counted down, and Al, Al was like down to two seconds or something and pulled out Bolivia's coin or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, thank you, Bolivia! <laughs> it was a great part of the DVD. But it's different things like that that these guys cover. Everything, for anybody that's seen Doctrine Creative's work, um, the C5 DVD, the C6 DVD, the time that they spend just on the menu, I mean, just on the main menus, it's, pre- it's pretty classy. I mean, where it goes into sub-menus and um just a lot of detail and we're we're all about the detail.
2: Yeah, you know? that's that's exactly what I noticed. I mean, when I went to that first uh patch trade, I was sort of just dropped I and mean, as a filmmaker, a lot of I think a lot of times I pay attention to things that um other people might not or I'm amazed by things that other people might not be amazed by. And I was really amazed at the sort of attention to detail that everyone had and the way they were explaining their patches and the pride they had in their collection, it really just touched me. And so I wanted, you know, at the end of this experience for people to be talking about the DVD and just in the same way that they got the DVD because, this, you know, this experience was captured or the way that the droid hunt was done was captured in a certain way that they just wanted to watch over and over again. And I think that that really touched me to see the, excitement that everybody had about the little details that I think sometimes people don't really pay attention to, and mm-hmm. that, that was a big lesson for me.
3: Yeah, and then within the events, too, there's so much detail in the event that people don't even see, but it was there, like from the videos that we had going on in the lobbies when we had it over at the uh, the Doubletree on I Drive in Orlando, that was C5, to 501st lapel pins that we had on the limo drivers. Um, yeah. Because we had, um, we brought in Hummer limos to go pick up our honorary members and our friends of the legions over at the other hotels in completely stocked limos. You know, a lot of people didn't see that stuff, but it was there uh, because that's the way we want to treat all of our honorary members, not one being above the other or anything else. You know, but we had them out back for those guys to come in and enjoy uh, our party for. That we're putting on for our members, you know, join in with us. Totally.
4: So, did you want to um, kind of run down some of the things that people would see on the Celebration Six DVD?
2: Yeah, um, the the Celebration Six DVD is it's definitely what Red Eye was saying is that he was like as good as the C Five DVD is. I think the C Six DVD is even better. <laughs>
3: oh, right. oh, yeah. There, there's no comparison, in my opinion. <clears throat>
2: yeah so one of the things that we did differently this time is we wanted to cover the main events so we have coverage of the the uh, the Imperial bash which this year we did a fly on the wall style because last year we kind of did a promo video and some people I remember their response was I saw the a couple puppet. shots but I really wanted to feel like I was there like I wanted it to stay longer and you know feel like I was in the moment
3: yeah and there was a puppet
2: yeah, and then there was a puppet, which was just kind of how we were working. You know, yeah. we were just going yeah. with the flow. There was a well, puppet you, guy. Yeah, you guys at that
3: time, you guys were still trying to figure out who we were and what we did. Anyway. Yeah. You know, so that's the increase, the difference you see in the C5 DVD versus the C6 DVD. True. And Derek and Marco and all their teams' experience with the follow first. I mean, since then. I know Derek. you been you went up to like uh, South Carolina and interviewed Al and Kathy, and yeah, uh, you've done a bunch of different things. I know you work with uh, Dean uh, on a regular basis. Yeah, uh, just because going back to C6 and the DVD, there's just so mu- There was so much. So yeah, much.
2: and I think I think for me, I I try to come from. As I put together you know, these video projects, sometimes you can get lost. You're like, wouldn't it be cool to do this? Wouldn't it be cool to do that? And one mm. of the things that I keep as a discipline is I fall back to my immediate reaction when you were explaining to me what's happening. However I'm feeling in that moment is what needs to go on the DVD. Yeah. So we have great coverage of the Imperial Bash, great coverage of the 15th anniversary banquet. We, um, we have coverage of the 501st Room, Roxy the Rancor, which was out on the floor. And then we actually went in and started to do other little extras that we really wanted to give people the experience of the event. Last year we did something called a droid cam, which was just – we That's sent funny. a camera we sent a camera around um, the celebration and sort of like took videos as if we were droids and yeah.
3: put it together. Nobody and, knew there was being filmed.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so you, you re- you'll catch some interesting moments watching the, the droid cam – um, you know, I'm sure many people will catch themselves on there and uh, who didn't know they were on there and see some funny interactions or funny costumes yeah. that they didn't catch before.
3: And that's filmed in the main hall of uh, the Orange County Convention Center for the celebration.
2: Yeah. Where
3: You guys set up but everything from like Vader coming up the escalator to I remember seeing one of the raincourt Keeper. One guy it looked like he was drinking a beer and like slipped it behind his back.
2: Like somebody was
3: taking a picture and he hit it behind his back or something. That's a
2: perfect thing to be on the drone cam. That's good stuff. So I'd say there's also another – one of the things we did last year is I put on a short documentary about sort of like the – how the 501st came to be when I did an interview with Alvin and also about the story behind R2KT. Both of those short documentaries are on the C5 DVD. So this year we wanted to do the same thing. So we created a piece called At the Heart of a Trooper, where we got everyone talking about sort of like a little bit about how they got into the organization and what it's like being in the 501st. And the things that people say are – they're really touching because they feel like they're part of something. They feel like they've met some of their favorite people in their entire life in this organization, and then when you get them talking about kind of the cause behind it, it's it's interesting because I would I mean from an outside perspective, you know people would be like what why are they dressing up like stormtroopers like they might not get it but the minute they see that they put on a stormtrooper, stormtrooper outfit and or other outfits and they're able to raise money as much money as they're raising for charity. It shows you the power of community and hopefully is a lesson to others how they can organize themselves to um be change makers.
4: So did you find um I must admit, I do have the C six D V D but I haven't navigated through all of the um, menus. Like uh Red Eye was saying, there there's sub menus and there's probably like fifteen <laughs> different things on here. Um so I haven't watched The Heart of a Trooper yet, so you might oh, wow. it for me That's when you ask. So did you find that – you did all these interviews separate, I'm assuming, with each person, right? Yeah. Did you find that you were getting similar answers or very different answers? Were you surprised at the answers?
2: Yeah, I'd say that it's a little bit of both, but I'd I'd say no one one in the organization said anything that I was like, oh, I can't put that on the DVD. You know, (laughs) like everyone is, you know, super supportive – they, they love the way the organization is run. I mean, one of the things that you'd think people might critique would be sort of the standards of the um, costume library and being, um, you know, completely identical to the costumes that are in the film. And everyone appreciates that. It's mm-hmm. like this, this, this kind of standard, this line that they have to attain. And once they do attain it, they're proud of it. And... I mean, everyone is proud of being in the organization and everybody loves the fact that they can come together and not just be creating a, you know, a hobby, um, but also be causing, you know, creating good. And mm-hmm. so I, I don't think that we saw too many different answers. Everyone kind of said the same thing. Well, not the same thing, but the same um, sort of idea. But you okay. you know what is different the way that everyone gets in the organization is different. Every single person has a different story about they went over to some someone's house and they were having an army armor party or well, I I remember one of the uh I can't remember specifically but one of the interviews he uh someone had said that they used to be in the rebel legion <laughs> and then they ended up joining the Fallow first and I was like oh, that's kind of cool the way he was talking about that because you know if this is real, that wouldn't be cool. You know, (laughs) he'd be a traitor, but, um, but it was really fun. And the way he was talking about it, you know, everyone's has a good attitude and supportive of of each other.
4: Excellent. Uh, So one of the other things that, you know, says right on the front here, featuring the sketch card collection. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this gives a chance for um, everyone to get to view all of the sketch cards. Um, You want to talk a little bit about that project?
3: Yeah. Yeah, Um, The sketch card project came about when I was talking to Dean. And like Derek said earlier, when we went into this thing, we planned C6. Like we started planning this thing like a year and a half. And just the, we started brainstorming and there, there was no nose. I mean, it was like, okay, what do we want? And then we'll find out if we could do it or not. Like a lot of people don't know, we try, we tried to get, get in contact with, uh, a GMC and Ford for a giveaway for a car, the bash. <laughs> and, <laughs>
5: but,
1: but, I know,
5: didn't know
3: that. And, oh, I thought I told you about that. But, um, because we wanted a lot of prizes and stuff for our members and everything we could get, anything we could go after, we was targeting that stuff. Um, one of the big things was, you know, the 501st. Ever since, well, for years now, we've had trading cards. And I don't know what series we're up to now, but it's – do you know, Nikki, what series we're on?
4: Uh, I'm not sure. I I know we had got finished out – we finished out one collection with like 10 series, and now we're on the next collection. And that's got to be close to 10 series yeah. as well. Plus all the garrisons and detachments have oh, series. Oh, yeah, and so.
3: everybody's got multiple. I know I've got like five different cards within the garrison or Legion just over the years, you know, they pile up. And it seems like Mm -hmm. the things keep on multiplying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I was talking to Dean and like, well, let's do, let's do like uh, some sealed card packs for giveaways for everybody that buys a ticket to the bash to get a a pack of cards, like the ones you'd see in card shops or uh, you'd find in Walmart or uh, like the the galaxy series and stuff. So I found a Mm -hmm. company that actually would package for you in Colorado. Um, just stumbling around, yeah, getting some calls together, um, come to find out it was really expensive. Um, so what we did is we brought in a sponsor to take care of that. And thanks to um, uh, Leslie Farquhar and um, DK Publishing, they took care of that expense for us on those trading cards. Uh, but we wanted a special thing within the packs of cards. We talked about doing like an autograph card um, and sending them out to some of our honorary members, different things. But well, we had 2,000 packs of cards made, um, and we ended up talking to Dean. We ended up going after some sketch cards, original sketch cards. So started communicating with our honorary member artists. I know uh, I talked with uh, Matt Bush, and he helped me out quite a bit for uh, what type of card stock we needed for artists to draw on but we didn't have enough honorary members that are our, our friend of the legion artists to participate in the project. And we wanted the artists to do anywhere between five and 25 sketches a piece is what we was asking. And uh, in return, we gave them some publicity and we gave them some uh, card blanks that they could do whatever they wish to do with those. Um, and a lot of people, well, a lot of people depending on how busy they are, some artists just buried, you know, constantly. Mm-hmm. So some of them did five, a lot of people did 25, but it still wasn't enough. So what I did is I did a, a search and I contacted some of our honorary member artists who ended up putting me in touch with uh, a ton of other Star Wars artists that have worked on the Galaxy sets, among other sets. So now we've got a plethora of artists that we're working with. And I tell you what, the majority of them that I contacted you know, it's just a, a lot of emails, but the majority of the emails that we sent out, that I sent out and Scott sent out, Dean sent out, um, great responses from these guys. And I mean, we wouldn't have the sets without these artists. I mean, because the, it was all about those sketch cards. We had, we had a random, I can't remember now. I want to say it was like, like seven, seven standard cards maybe in the set. And we had like a bash card. There was a, uh, a droid hunt card, there was a, a patch trading card, um, a job on board card, because we had, you know, we had stupid monkey and robot chicken guy, Seth Green and his crew paid for Java to come down for us. Um, so we had all these standard cards, and then we had that bonus card. That bonus card was a sketch card. A thousand, we ended up getting about a thousand sketches out of 2,000 packs, which was incredible. That was yep. way far above and beyond what we would ever guess. And then the other thousand, we wanted everybody to get some kind of bonus card. And the other thousand was a, a foil card, a really nice foil card that Dutch, uh, Dutch did for us because he did all of our graphics work for the Celebration, Celebration 5 and 6. And it was the 15-year anniversary with uh, Vader with his fist up in the air, really impressive logo. That was and a great the, card. Oh, yeah. Oh, the logo itself was just real impressive. And all that come out of Dutch's brain, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, and that's probably one of my favorite logos I've ever seen in Allegiant. Um, Just it's got such power behind it and says a lot about the club, you know. Um, but the other ones, there was a foil card. We've never had a foil card before. And the foil cards cost more. But then again, thanks to DK, we could do that for our members and stuff. And we actually had a ton of people that bought. Bash tickets. The bash sold out in advance, and the banquet sold out six months in advance in 48 hours. Um, mm-hmm. But people had bought tickets just for those cards and never showed <laughs> up to the bash. Because we had <laughs> T- Tina handled all of our Tina, and um, she handled all of our ticket distribution. And with uh, uh, Chris Revenaugh and my wife Melissa, they handled all that end of things um, for. Uh, any of the money coming over, that sort of thing. All that's Tina handled all that stuff for us as our accountant, um, and she said a lot of people didn't show, and she received emails that all they wanted was the cards. So <laughs> more power to them. You know, we, we were glad that that's something that we could do thanks to our sponsor DK and thanks to our artists that we could True. pull off for our members because, like Derek mentioned earlier, we were out, we were out to do things that we've never done before, like the cards. Like the six foot seven, six foot seven inch Darth Vader cake, uh,
2: <laughs> and and what's funny about that is uh, there is a great. My favorite part of the DVD is the cake. There is this there is oh, this yeah. piece on the DVD about the cake coming together, and we documented that day and night when they were putting that cake together, and right before, right up to the line, they're bringing it in the room before the curtain oh, comes yeah. down. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I was not. <laughs>
2: um, what I was gonna say though about the sketch cards is only because of my experience in the patch trade um did I realize what was gonna need to be done on this D V D and I I had thought about oh maybe we can just put some of them on there in a video, you know, we'll interview René about it and we'll just show some of them. But then thinking about it, you know, it being these original pieces of art yeah. they're gonna be traded Lots of times, and without knowing the extent of the collection, you know, how can you really be a collector if you don't know the extent of the collection? So we really thought it was important to offer on this DVD, you know, this exclusive card pack that only came for for people that came to the Bash, um, a way to be able to see this pretty impressive collection of what? Over 1,200 cards?
3: Yeah, well, it was... uh there was 2000 packs.
2: 2000, 2000, yeah, 2000 cards. 2000 packs
3: of, uh, well, about a thousand sketches um, were in that. But I love what you guys did with the DVD when I, when I pulled up that card sec, the sketch card section and the way you showed like the signature, uh, the yeah. artist of the That was really cool. That was really, I was really impressed by that because what awesome. I did, me and my daughter, my, well, at the time she was 13, my daughter McKinsey, we spent like two hundred hours. No lie. Two hundred hours. I bought a new scanner and we scanned in each one of those cards. <laughs> <laughs> because they were all sitting here at one point. Yeah. We were getting packages in here at the house from artists every day. It was such we didn't realize before we went into this project how much work was involved. But we had to get all these mailers. we had to mail all this stuff out to the artists. Then we had to get it all back. So we're getting all these shipments back. And then we had to get all these sketch cards and mail them off to Colorado. That was, we sweated that day just hoping that that package would make it, you know, to, <laughs> to the, the guy who was sending it off to the company that packaged all these cards. But what I did mention was the coolest thing about the card set, as cool as the sketches were, there were five super bonus cards. Which were George Lucas signed yep. cards, and the uh, I picked I picked the artists to do those George Lucas cards. Mm-hmm. So what happens? George George signed those. Thanks to Steve SandSuite, George signed those um, cards for us. I got the cards back, so I had five signed George Lucas cards, unsketched. So then I picked the artists who we're gonna do what I wanted was different versions of George Lucas that like throughout the years.
1: Mm-hmm. So
3: I actually picked a bunch of photos and I cleared them with Lucasfilm and stuff, make sure those would be cool that we could have sketched. And we picked the artists based on not not the caliber of the artist or what the artist done in the past, but what how well the artist did on this set. So gotcha. you got Joe Blow artists who did just a phenomenal sketch set for us for this set, they were one of the ones picked. It was a hard choice. I mean, because I all these artists, all these artists are incredible. I mean, they're Seriously. all incredibly, incredibly talented. Um, but we picked five uh, George Lucas uh, artists and sent an email out. Um, Dean did up an email for us that we sent out to these people, invited them to do an additional one card for the George Lucas. Some of them was like, Lindsey Bush was one of the picks. Um, Sineo Sanda. What an incredible artist. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Let me think. Jerry Vander... Was Jerry one of them? Maybe he wasn't. Let me stop there, because I don't remember all the five artists. (laughs) But they they were good. And you can see it on the DVD. I mean, you can see the George Lucas cards. And those five cards wow I mean yep. those, they were because I, I heard from the artists they were just like really nervous sketching on a George Lucas autograph and everything else but whoever those five I know I've heard of like two of the George Lucas cards pop up so there's still three that I haven't heard of personally not that they're not out there but I think from what I hear a lot of people never even open their packs they just <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'm, re- I'm raising my hand over here. We actually hadn't uh-huh. opened our packs yet. I got to go dig
3: those out. See, hey, Nikki, you're probably sitting on one of those George Lucas No way. <laughs> <Hey, hey. laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: I literally still have boxes in my hallway labeled from C6 that we haven't unpacked yet, oh, and it's wow. almost been a year. Yeah, yeah. So.
3: <laughs> yep. Um, did you get one of the mugs? No. You didn't get one of the mugs? We had a no. – that actually came up. I seen uh Scott posted Scott Will posted up on Facebook like two days ago.
4: Yeah, I posted in that thread too. <laughs> <'Cause> he, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I never got one. He seen, on.
3: seen one of our mugs on Toy Hunter. The with uh what's his name? Himbro. I forget the, name, the host. Anyway, there were a thousand of those things made and I guess they were gone immediately. And they wow. were like they were like eight bucks a mug. Well you got A beverage inside of it you know but people were buying it for the beverage they were buying it for the mug Mm
1: -hmm.
3: so just
4: yeah yeah i got to the bash late and since i don't drink i didn't even go in that area mm -hmm. and then i saw like these people double fisting like a stack of five (laughs) mugs each i'm like what the heck is this and then i go over there and they're like no they're all out
3: wow wow We, (gasps) we we didn't know that those of course we go into this thing blind a lot of times, like we didn't know that we was going to be able to sell 600 dinner tickets uh, because we never, 501st never had a dinner that size before. And come to right. find out, we sold that thing out six months in advance in 48 hours, in 48 hours. Um, same with the mugs. We had a thousand of those mugs made. Thanks to Gentle Giant came in and sponsored those for us. They sponsored our, our red uh, tumbler cups at um, C5 too. Um,
4: That I did get.
3: (laughs) But what we did here is because we had it was all about the bills. We had all these bills that had to be paid to the hotel, to the sound guys, to the audio guys. Everybody had to be, everybody had to be paid. Um, And then for the hotel, we had a certain number to meet with the bar tabs. In order to have all the bartenders, you got to meet, you got to have so much in bar sales. So we, that's what we did with the cups. We said, okay, we're going to give you the hotel. We're going to give you these cups. So here you go Is the cups for our members. Put put whatever you want to put in it. Somebody can buy it. Say, I want a cup with a Coke in it, or they can have it with a beer in it or whatever else. Mm-hmm. Put, a, put a number on it, and that's going to help drive the bar sales because we were in fear of not meeting that number. Because if gotcha. not, we had security funds in place to pay that um, in case we didn't meet it. You know, but obviously, because during our closeout meeting with a the hotel, they said, uh, no, um, you guys didn't have any problems at the bars. You did, uh, you did really good.
4: So. <laughs> what were you thinking? How could you have been worried?
3: <laughs> That's, what That's what I told them. I said, our guys are coming. We got guys coming. We got members coming in worldwide from countries all over the place and they're on vacation. If people are coming to have fun. They're coming to, to drink and be merry. Um yep. but exactly. they they didn't know who I was, so they probably told that all the time. But <laughs> now now they know who the file first is.
2: That's good. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so uh so Nikki, you said you have the C six D V D? Yes I do. So what's what's your favorite part?
4: Well, like I was saying, I haven't explored it all yet. Um but so far my favorite parts have been um going back through and Watching the bash and the banquet, trying to you know spot people I know yeah. and you know even though I was well I was there for the whole banquet but I didn't make the whole bash because I think the patch trading or something was going on mm. before that I don't remember there was something else that was going on too or my kids were in the pool or something like that but anyways so I, just to go through and see like the beginning part that I had missed or I had to leave early for the bash so some of the end parts that I missed
2: so did you watch that's my the, favorite uh, part so cool. cool did you watch the behind the scenes
4: for the documentary no
2: no the countdown part yeah no, the countdown part yet. oh you got to watch the countdown <laughs> it's like you get to see all the things that had to happen yeah. every minute up until that bash and what we did is we we basically put if you watch the countdown as soon as the countdowns over the bash will start and so it's like really it's literally a countdown into the bash video and it was 3 days of us filming there every day and it was, it was like a reality show. You know, we had, we had lav mics on Red Eye and Dean and Nelson, who was setting up audio and video. And we were running all over the place filming these different things that were happening. And I remember this one time I was filming Red Eye in one room, uh, asking, you know, asking when the cake was going to be done, if they're on the schedule and whatnot. And then all of a sudden, in my headset, I could hear Nelson troubleshooting a problem. And I'd be like, oh, I'm good here. I'd run in the other room and get <laughs> Nelson. And I'd switch Nelson's mic off and switch Red Eye's mic on. And yeah. then I remember hearing uh, Red Eye like, oh, and this part actually made it into the documentary. Red Eye's like, oh, I don't think these are good. So i switch Red Eye's mic on i go in the other room. And he's uh, got these beanbag chairs that everyone was <laughs> stitching. And they're too full. Yeah. And to me, this is just so perfect because to me what would happen there with someone is they're like, oh, well, I guess people will just have to deal with it. You know, these seats are just not that nice. And it's like, all right, volunteers, we need we need to figure out how to make these comfortable. So they're like cutting them open and dumping out stuff and test, <laughs> testing them. Yeah. And
3: you, you guys didn't get some of the, the funny footage outside that I've seen. It was hilarious like a – I know we had Angela Mash was out back, and I walked out back at one time, and they had all these, we had like, there were like two dozen massive beanbags, because we were recreating this whole Jabba's Palace uh, uh, Moroccan-type theme, so we had all these beanbags in there, and the guy that filled the beanbags for us overfilled them, so they're emptying these things out. It's 100 degrees outside of Florida, this humid weather, and I remember seeing Angela, she's dumping these things out with all her volunteers and stuff. And all these beads are flying back on her, and she was like covered, in – she looked like a, some kind of angry snowman, like she's covered <laughs> in these beads. And because of the humidity, everybody was sweating, and it just stuck to you, you know. And I'm like, ah, uh, I got something to do in here, so.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah. that's a perfect example of how volunteers make it work. You watch the oh, whole yeah. up Oh, Go yeah. to that bash, and you realize you know, we were there filming for three days. You were there working in, you know, sun sunup, sundown. Okay. You know, everyone was in there ironing uh, tablecloths and getting everything ready, and everyone's volunteering their time. Yeah. And that, to me, you know, some people will look at certain organizations and certain things that people are trying to do, even in government or other communities, and they'll say, that can't work. No one's going to no keep it up. No one's going to do what it takes to keep it going. And the people in this organization proved to me that that's not true.
3: Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, you can't, you can't do something of this magnitude without volunteers. You might as well. You might as well just throw your hands up. You got And this, this club's the best. I mean, when it comes to people stepping up when, in time of need, I mean, there was a couple times I just walked down the hall because we owned the hotel. I mean, there were five of members <laughs> everywhere, everywhere. And I said, hey, hey, we need some volunteers. And people, like, ran over. So it's like they just came and they wanted to help. They wanted to do whatever they could, and you know we can't thank those guys enough. Everybody that yep. just stepped up from people ironing, uh, because it all it all made the big picture happen. Yeah. It all it's like we were at such we were under such time restrictions with the hotel for when we got the banquet room because we got that thing like God it was like a two hours before. The, the banquet started or something. We couldn't get in there because they had another event going on. And then we went in and we're standing around. Melissa's running. My wife, Melissa, she's running. She's got her own volunteers and everything, getting everybody ready to set tables because we've got prizes on the tables. We've got centerpieces right after the banquet. The centerpieces were pre-sold. So we had people in line to take care of that stuff. We had a stage to set up. We had lighting to take care of, along with video screens for announcements from celebrities, different things. Well, the hotel they were they were kind of slacking on us, and I remember walking in, and Melissa's like, "This isn't working out," and she basically told the hotel to move. Yeah. Because they were they were running. You have seen that, Derek?
2: They, yeah. Well, they, it's on the, it's on the DVD too.
3: Yeah, they were like, they had like two people working tables, and she's like, "Here's what we're gonna do." They're like, "No, we got it." She's like, "I need you guys to move." talking to the hotel and <laughs> she said, we'll take care of this. And she told the volunteers, I need these black tablecloths down. I need these red ones down. You guys started that in, you guys started that in and they were done in minutes when the yep. hotel took, you know, they were running our time because this was our event and we were putting yep. this stuff on for our members. So, uh, the, the, the hotel, the was, I, I remember them. Yeah. I remember the hotel saying, you guys, you guys know how to do this stuff. And it's, she, she told him, she said, well, this is what we do. You know, yep. so. Yeah. Yeah,
4: cool. uh, we have a, a bit different uh, motivation yeah. than, than than they had, so. Yeah, no <laughs> that's kidding. a very
2: good point. Yeah.
4: And, and maybe perhaps it's slightly easier to find volunteers within a group of volunteers.
2: mm mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right.
4: We're already kind of predispositioned to that yeah. Uh, philosophy.
2: Yeah, and it, it inspired me, you know, as a filmmaker, you know, I would – I would con- I would do anything with the 501st at this point because, you know, what you look for in your life is communities that are supportive of each other, and I would support the 501st doing anything.
4: <laughs>
2: Aw. <laughs> That's so sweet. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I think we've covered most of the highlights. Yeah. Um, So we'll definitely have uh, links in our show notes where uh, members can go and find more information. Um, I'm assuming Doctrine Creative has a website too that you'd like to share. Yeah,
2: doctrinecreative.com. And if you want to check out the C6 C6 section, uh, doctrinecreative.com slash C6. And what I will say is that we've used this as an opportunity to, you know, sort of expand our abilities and expand what we can do. And what we're doing now is we're going to do a contest giveaway with Dean on Facebook to get some of the DVDs out there to people for answering questions. And at, during that, we're going to be working on getting a, um, a mobile app approved for the iPad through the, apps, uh, the Apple App Store where people can get the, the same experience on the DVD they can get it on their iPad.
4: Okay. So I suppose the uh, the next big question is um, celebration seven.
3: Ah, is there, there's another celebration?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, who knows? Who knows the answers?
3: Yeah, I think I think we got a uh, the next one's Germany. So Ger- right. Germany's coming up, or celebration Europe part two.
4: Two. Yep. Um, are
3: you going, Nikki?
4: No, unfortunately, not in the budget this year. Yeah,
3: me neither. Me neither. I wanted to go real bad. I knew Roxy wanted to go, but it just didn't work out this go round. Uh, but we're we're definitely focusing on whenever the next uh, when Celebration Seven is going to take place. History shows that it's announced the last day of every celebration. Right. So I I would guess, and this is just guessing. I don't have any inside information, anything like that. Um, but I would guess that it's going to be announced the last day of Germany on where C7 is going to be held. So wherever it's going to be held, I'll be there.
1: <laughs> nice.
3: But um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what, I mean if it's in Orlando we'd love to do what we did for C5 and C6 again, but if it's somewhere else it's really logistically kind of impossible for us to do it, but we've got some incredible members in our club and there's no doubt in my mind that wherever it is that our members will uh, stand up strong you know and make it the best for the rest of the members
2: definitely no doubt I think there was a a line that you said in the last interview uh, the last thing you said in your interview for C5 and I'll never forget it I was like is there anything you want to add about this whole experience and you were like yeah that's how we roll
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's how we roll that's right yep
4: all right, guys, so this has been fun taking a, a trip down memory lane here. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to mention?
3: So check out the DVD. I mean, if you already got it, I mean, you can see the uh, the quality of it. The Doctrine guys also put in some extras, that can, which is really cool, that can be used, like the Heart of the Trooper and stuff that you can use at your table at the cons. So if you mm-hmm. want to use some on a loop or – uh, like the clips that they've got where we had like Craig McKeeman who did one of our Gamorrean Guards where he was the dancing Gamorrean. He actually filled that thing out with uh, Pixar Studios for us. Um, those little clips, those little extras you can use when once you have the DVD, you can use them for future use. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool.
2: And also I, uh, I created a bunch of clips of a bunch of parts of the DVD on our YouTube channel. Um, so people that... You know, can't get the DVD can experience? You know, they can at least see part of it, uh, um, and I'm sure we'll be releasing more on Facebook as mm-hmm. time goes on.
3: Yeah, and uh, the, yeah, the, and the whole thing that you did too. Uh, I hate to go back, but the whole thing you did too with following the stormtrooper around. You know, made it about the stormtrooper when the pilot first started. That was really cool. Word. Oh. <laughs>
2: All right,
4: guys. Well. So we'll have definitely all the links for our members to be able to uh, get this uh, copy of this for themselves. And I want to thank you guys for uh, coming on the show for us. That's
3: how we roll.
2: Thank you. Good to be here.
4: Now, July is going to be a month of huge conventions, with Comic-Con International running July 18th through 21st in San Diego and Celebration Europe 2 running July 26th through 28th. So for Comic-Con, the 501st will once again have their group dinner, the group photo, the droid hunt, work the licensees booths, and of course our own booth, just like all the previous years. So if you're a 501st member attending and are interested in volunteering, be sure to get in touch with Southern California Garrison and check out the planning threads on the main Legion form. As well.
0: Yeah, and don't forget, the Course of the Force thing is a huge event that takes place the two weeks prior to the San Diego Comic Con. So, again, they're running a lightsaber all the way from San Francisco. I think the kickoff actually starts at Rancho Obi-Wan. And it's running all the way from San Francisco over a two-week period down to San Diego Comic-Con. So they're going to be passing, uh, you know, through Malibu and Santa Monica and Huntington Beach and all these different uh, beach towns. A bunch of people in costumes or not in costumes. And it's all uh, donations for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So it should be a pretty exciting event.
4: Very cool. Now, is this... Was last year the first year? Yeah,
0: last year was the first year, and they only went from uh, Santa Monica uh, down to San Diego, and there was such a huge response – that they decided to sort of double their efforts this year. So uh, they're going to have uh, sort of uh, kickoff events, and then they're going to have at the end of each sort of uh, weekend or, or or main day, I guess, they have some special events where they're going to have a number of characters hanging out from noon to 6 or noon to 8, you know, like at the Santa Monica Pier and, of course, down in uh, San Diego and I forget the, the area in between, but I'm sure if you visit courseoftheforce.com, you can get all the information about that. I also understand that at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con, there could be a pretty awesome Death Star wall that will be in the Lucasfilm Pavilion for people to come in and take photos uh, with Star Wars characters. So uh, be sure to check that out if you make it down to the con. Very cool. Star Wars Celebration Europe 2 is coming up fast, just a few weeks away on July 26th through 28th in Essen, Germany. We have two 501st Legion members that are uh, from our Dutch garrison who will be transporting their armor to CE2 in a very unusual way. They're going to be bicycling uh, in Biker Scout armor for approximately 300 kilometers and all for charity. It's the, uh, I apologize for the pronunciation, the Stichting Upkicker charity, to be precise. The idea was born on the last day of Celebration 6 when the first details for the next celebration had been announced. And Martino, TX8629, didn't know where Essen was. So he asked his CEO, who basically told him, it's less than 300 kilometers from Delft, which is where they live. So, you know, you can go there by bike. Well, it took Martino uh, a few months to realize that he truly did want to go there by bike. But he knew that he didn't want to wear just normal biking clothes to make the trip. So why not just go cycling as a biker scout? I mean, goodness, man, what else would you do? Uh, Luckily, (laughs) he won't be alone in this adventure. His friend Dan... TB7021 will be joining him, and they will be uh, black and white Biker Scouts biking to Celebration Europe 2. So we have a link to their Facebook page in our show notes, and we also have an interview later in this show.
4: Well, right now we
0: play Oh, but we'll also have an interview right now in this show. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is a special segment for the podcast. Uh, I read about this gentleman uh, making the trek to CE2 uh, by bike, and I thought this was kind of an interesting thing, and the more I've read about him and, and had a chance to speak with him, the more intrigued I was. And so today, as a sort of special interview, I have Martino Marchetti, TX8629, on the line with me. Welcome, Martino.
6: Hello, everyone. Thank you. Absolutely. So so uh you're going to ce 2 correct? Uh, I'm going with a uh, to ce 2 by bike with I've... a friend of mine as well in the Dutch garrison. And um, yeah, by bike wearing the costumes. That's uh, what's your friend's name? Uh Dan. Dan. Dan Router. That is
0: awesome. So so by bike, where where are you leaving from?
6: Um um we, we're leaving from my city, Delft. That is close to amsterdam let's say in the right. netherlands right and uh, we're cycling uh, directly to essen where the, tele- the where the celebration is taking place so it's about 250 280 kilometers wow in uh, we'll do in four days uh but because with the costume w- w- won't be so easy we we think right now what are you wearing now what costume are you wearing are you wearing your I'm a shadow scout, yes, (laughs) and I'm wearing that costume, and Don is wearing his uh, biker scout.
0: See, Don's going to be the one who's comfortable. You, can we say armor bites? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So are you trimming the armor special in any way so that you can ride the bike more comfortably? Uh,
6: The only thing I will change is that I will remove the pouches. Because they interfere a bit with pedaling, right, but for the rest, the costume will be the same. Uh, of course, we won't pedal with a with a helmet that it limits the visibility and you can't hear very well the noises, maybe a car approaching or something right so and it's it's safer with the safety helmet made for biking right now but for the rest. Yeah, for the rest, the costume will be
0: the same. Awesome! No, well, that'll be a sight to see, and I'm sure that as people maybe want to uh, stop and take a photo now and then, that'll happen along uh, the way. Would <laughs> <laughs> be really nice. <laughs> and of course, you're just gonna you know eat and sleep in those costumes too, right? <laughs> of
6: course, of course. We- We'll never take off the costume.
0: (laughs) Yeah, never. Not for four days. (laughs) No. (laughs) In the shower with the TX. Um, Of course. So now uh, when I first read about it, I was like, oh, these guys are going to ride their bikes to uh, CE2. That's crazy and awesome in the same way. But then uh, uh, you also told me that you're doing this for a really good cause. So tell me a little bit more about the sort of charity aspect of what you're doing.
6: Yes, indeed. We're doing for charity this, this cycling at the beginning was just a cycling to the celebration by bike. Right. But then uh, we decided to do for a good cause. So we're helping an organization, a Dutch organization, who, who, who helps kids, seriously heal kids. Right. Um, so we are uh, selling at the moment a, a patch of the, of the event, of the event Cycling to Celebration. And okay. all the money we can get, we will give to this uh, organization. Uh, that is called OpKicker. And um, this, this organization uh, wants, wants to help the seriously ill children and, the, and their families, giving them a day they can remember. So if they want to be a fireman or a policeman or just tro- troop with us, they, they give the opportunity to do that
0: that's really awesome. That's a it sound uh, upkicker sounds a little like the Make-A-Wish Foundation here in the US where they sort of grant a, a terminally ill child's wish to do something special.
6: Yeah, um, basically is is let's say is a Dutch Make-A-Wish.
0: Yeah, oh it's that's fantastic. So so you're selling the patches now this is yes. for 501st members only and No,
6: uh, it's for everyone. Okay. Because uh, there are no logos of the 501st. Okay, so, okay. Uh, of course most of the people are buying are from the fiber first, right? But uh, everyone can buy that, and moreover, they can give a free and optional donation uh, just to help more the obssiker.
0: Sure. So so the patches you said I think are 5 euros, right? Exactly. And in then five euros? so if somebody wants to make a donation and they pay 10 yeah. euros for a patch, exactly. then exactly. that's just better for the charity uh, exactly. involved. And now uh I'm assuming that I know you have them posted on our 501st forums for 501st members. They can look under the for sale and trade area and we'll put a link to yes. that in the show notes. Uh I do you have so. uh do you have a link to sort of a public area where people can get the patches uh, or
6: uh, yeah, we have the our official Facebook page, okay. and uh, everyone can access that, even uh, if they're not on Facebook. Right, and uh, on that page, there are all the instructions how to get a patch, even if they're not First or Rebel Legion members.
0: Right. So I'll make sure we get a link uh, to both of those and we'll post those in the show notes as well. And uh, then, you know, we can try to get some more people to help out. This is a really great cause. It's a really kind of uh, fun and exciting way to get over to Celebration Europe. Uh, What are you looking forward to the most when you get to Celebration?
6: Uh, To meet uh, all the friends I've met for last year at Celebration 6. And I don't see them for, let's say, 365 days but, right uh, it's I think it's one of the best moments when you meet friends that you don't see for a long time
0: right yeah that's always the best part about getting together yeah. I mean uh, the Star Wars community is so strong anyway so uh, I yeah. find that the fans are uh, unlike so many others uh, so it's really exciting I wish I could make it myself uh, that would be a lot of fun next um, time. yeah next you know next time uh, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to celebration seven, whenever that might occur, you know, uh, and hopefully can get back out, uh, whether it's in Orlando, Florida, that kind of thing. But so, so, um, w- what, about, uh, last sort of questions like with this trip, what kind of gear are you carrying with you? Like, are the bikes going to be crazy loaded down with knapsacks and things, or how, how are you going to carry, you know, kind of daily needs?
6: <laughs> so, um, I have a touring bike, so I, I keep for traveling, so I have some bags to put on that, uh-huh. and uh, I will I will put big bags on the back, and a small bag in the front, and I think is what I need for the four days. Right. But the trick is that uh, some other friends of the Dutch garrison are uh, carrying stuff for me. Sure. That I, that that I can use at uh, at the celebration, and uh, talking about friends, I just want to, you to know that. Um, I'm doing the trip. we Dan, done, but the, the organization and uh, and all the logistic uh, is mainly by uh, our Pierre, uh, Pac, and our uh, CEO, Rick.
0: Oh, awesome! So
6: we're thinking more about the trip. They're thinking more about the logistic and uh, the selling the patches and et cetera.
0: Sure. No, this is really exciting stuff, and I'm glad that you had a couple of minutes to just chat with me.
6: Uh, ah, it's uh, my pleasure
0: you know, so that we could let people know that these are the kinds of things that some of our members do always for a good cause. And, you know, when there's something like this coming up and you're like, what can I do to make it more exciting than just going to celebration or just going to the Comic-Con? I love to hear these stories and I have a lot of respect for you and for Don and for all the people that are making this happen. So uh, thanks again for for taking the time. And uh, Uh, thanks, thanks to you. Oh, please. And and I wish you guys safe travels over there. I'm going to be looking for Oh, so one last question. Are you uh, by any way going to be doing like a, a picture blog or anything that might, you know, people can sort of follow you for the four days?
6: If they follow us on the Facebook page, we will update. Yeah, we're actually updating the page with just some pictures of the training we're doing. Right. But during the during the trip, we are uh, we will update uh, all the fans with uh, pictures and uh, news and what's going on during the cycling. So just follow us on the Facebook page. That there will be on the link.
0: Okay, that sounds awesome. Uh, I'll make sure that we get all those links. We'll post them up in the show notes. And again, thank you, Martina, for your time. And good luck and safe travels to Celebration 2. Thank you very much, Scott. Okay. So be sure to check our show notes for a link to the UpKicker Foundation and uh, also to take a look at the patches that he will be selling to help with the uh, charity donations for that organization.
4: That's very cool. I hope they uh, they have a fun time cycling.
0: Yeah, I can't even imagine. Although Biker Scout armor, at least that's comfortable to wear. Uh, I thought for a minute that he was going to be doing it in the black TK armor. And I thought, ow, <laughs> ow, all the way.
4: <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering if they're going to have issues with their knee armor. I have a feeling that it's just going to either like constantly slide or pinch or something.
0: Yeah, exactly.
4: Like with every pedal.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, we shall so,
4: see. yeah, we'll see how it goes. So mark your calendar, sports fans. Star Wars Day with the Chicago White Sox is July 20th. It's a 3:05 game against the Atlanta Braves. Put on your favorite costume, participate in a pregame parade, and know that $5 of your ticket price is going towards Stand Up to Cancer. We'll have a link in our show notes where you can purchase tickets, but it's at whitesox.com slash Star Wars. That's not too hard to figure out. And uh, just follow the on-screen instructions. So... May the force be with you, and we'll see you at the U.S. Cellular Field.
0: Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I felt that needed some dramatic music.
4: Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Most of our events with um, sports teams, at least out in my area, are sort of the minor, 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 minor league.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We do a thing with the Dodgers every year, which is kind of cool. But this is really nice that they're saying $5 of the ticket price is going to stand up to cancer. That is amazing. Mm Mm-hmm. So good to hear. Well, there's a Legion-wide call to attend Space City Con in Houston, Texas, August 2 through 4. Uh, so make sure to read the news about the convention in our multi-garrison events threads that you can find on our, our forums. Uh, this plan, uh, promises to be quite the large convention. I know there's quite a few uh, honorary members and different people that are going to be attending uh, again Stephen Stanton will be there and his crew. We've got a number of the people from the star garrison that are all planning to attend. Uh, I think I'm even going to try to make it out for this one just for fun.
4: And I believe that, uh, unfortunately, today, as we record, was the last day to for 501st Legion members to get your um, discounted tickets. Um, they were toying with getting that extended, but I'm not quite sure if, if that's going to take place Um We'll see if we can get some more uh, information for that for you.
0: Yeah, if you haven't checked the threads online, be sure to take a look. But I think you're right, Nikki. I think that that ended uh, on Sunday night.
4: Okay. Okay. The next event that we have to talk about is coming up August 2nd through 4th in Houston, Texas, and it's Space City Con. And to uh, help talk about the con and all the fun stuff that's going to be happening at it, we have William, ID9076, who is Star Garrison's XO, on the show with us.
7: Hey, how are you all doing today?
4: Okay. So the convention, I hear, is very eager to have 501st Legion members attend, so eager, in fact, that they're offering us special tickets.
7: Yes, um, they're offering a free admission for all 501st members, and they're also offering discounted tickets for your family members. Um, all the information is up on the Legion forums in, multiple, in the multi-garrison section. Um, just go to Space City Con and follow the links. They deadline for the free ticket right now is june the 30th but if you do miss the deadline and still want to come you can message me through the forums and i can put you on a standby list in case say someone has to cancel we're going to have that spot to fill um so definitely don't if you missed the deadline don't think there's a chance you can't come just uh, let us know and we'll see what, we, what magic we can work get you in
4: all right. So, uh, what is uh, going to be happening
7: 501 Wise at the show? Well, 501 Wise, the um, the charity we're working for is the Houston chapter of the 100 Club. On May 31st, we had four Houston firefighters die in the line of duty, and they are raising money to help the firefighters' families. So, all our work that we're doing that weekend is to help raise money for the 100 Club. To, in, in, in to honor those four firefighters. Um, we're going to have a photo booth, a Death Star backdrop being brought in courtesy of the SoCal Garrison. And we will... Um, Steven Stanton is actually going to put his Tarkin costume back on. The last time he had it on, I believe, was at C6. And so he will be... We'll be able to get a chance to get a photo with Tarkin. We will be having a droid hunt. We will also be having um, an exclusive patch and an exclusive print at our table for donations that also, on all that money, will be going to the 100 Club. We, we, we also have two panels. Of course, we can't have a con without panels.
4: Excellent. Um, so what is the the patch and print going to look like? Is a special logo or picture or
7: something? Well, yes. Um, the one patch is... Goes with uh, costume I have been working on, but it is—it's going to be—it's—it's it's the Death Star with the Maltese cross emblazoned over the Death Star, and it says Death Star Fire Department. Oh, okay. Yes. And the print is—I, the artist and I are still working on the design, uh, but it's going to be uh, some tribute to the four fallen firefighters.
2: Excellent. And then.
7: The Galactic Academy's also going to have an exclusive patch, but that's being designed by Dave Liu, and so I haven't seen that design yet. So Alright,
4: but yes. I but I'm sure it'll be awesome because oh, he's done all of the the R two K T patches yes. and all of that. And so. we
7: will, once I get the designs, I will definitely be posting them up on the Five O First forums. Excellent. Yes.
4: All right. Now, was there also going to be a um Screening of Pink Five yes. at this
7: convention. Yes, sir. All right. This is the actual complete. Um, anyone that's seen the screenings before was the, I guess, pre production before all the effects and music and all that st- and editing was done. This is the actual complete movie start to finish with no interruptions. So that is um, going to be really cool too to be able to see the whole thing start to finish. Uh, with the music, special effects, the thing. Excellent.
4: So is there anything else going on that 501st Legion members might be uh, keen to know?
7: Yes. On Friday night, we will be doing a Traders Night. Uh, we started this at Alcon. It was a huge success. It's basically it's for 501st members, Rebel Legion members, and Mando Mercs. We all get to get together in one of the rooms and bring all your swag patches, coins, hockey pucks, flags, anything Star Wars, and we sit around and we trade for cool stuff you haven't seen other people have. So it's, it's, it was really fun, the first one we did, and I'm looking forward to this one to be bigger and better than the last one.
4: I know, that's what uh, my family spent a lot of time doing at C6,
7: was we were at the swag trade. Oh yes, that was a <laughs> my, my biggest accomplishment was completing the Millennial Falcon at C6.
4: Oh yes, yeah. I think we're still working on that big Death Star from C6. six. Yeah, that was another one of those puzzle patches. I didn't go anywhere near that one.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so awesome! This sounds like it'll be a great time. Uh, lots of stuff for five hundred first Legion members to do, and uh, if you get in before the deadline, you get to go for free.
7: So. And we're working on a couple other surprises, and so I don't want to mention them yet because I don't want to jinx them. But there's some <laughs> other surprises that you didn't hear about tonight.
4: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, William, for coming on the show with us and giving us the lowdown on what's going to be happening August 2nd through 4th at Space CityCon. Thank you. As we've mentioned on previous episodes, 501st Legion members are back on stage with Friend of the Legion, Weird Al Yankovic. The next concert will be July 1st at the San Diego County Fair And some of the other confirmed stops include more California cities, Georgia, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And we'll have a link to his full tour in our show notes. And you can also see which concerts have confirmed 501st Legion appearances on the event listing on our Facebook page.
0: Well, the weekend of August 22nd through 25th, members of the Canadian Garrison with support from neighboring units will be hosting a huge booth at the gigantic Fan Expo Canada in Toronto. Check out all the details of the con at FanExpoCanada.com. The show has been getting bigger and bigger each year and is third only to San Diego Comic-Con and the New York Comic-Con in attendance counts. They have some hugely big-name celebrities lined up, including Carrie Fisher, Ian McDermott uh, from the Star Wars universe. So it's definitely a con worth traveling for. If you're a 501st member, get in touch with the Canadian Garrison if you'd like to volunteer.
4: Yep, this is definitely a convention that, that I don't miss because, ironically, even though I'm in New York, you know, which people always associate with the city, right. I'm, I'm way closer to Toronto. It's only about three hours for me to get to Toronto versus over six to get to New York. So Really? I've, yeah. So I've we, we call ourselves Southern Ontario sometimes. <laughs> it would actually only take me an hour to get to Toronto if this big giant lake weren't in the way.
0: Yeah, silly lake.
4: Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, attended this convention every year since '99. The only reason I missed it last year was for celebration. So, wow, it's definitely a con not to be missed. And they also just announced which, um, for those mutinous Trek fans, the uh, the new <laughs> the new versions of uh, Spock and Bones are going to be appearing together, which is kind of exciting because I haven't met either of them yet.
0: That sounds like it should be a musical group. <laughs> <baboons>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be fun. I wish I could make that one
4: yeah that's that's definitely one that I'm surprised more people don't don't travel up for, but it's the whole at least from the states you have to make sure you have your passport and all that fun stuff right, right. but but then also speaking of uh New York City. Uh, coming up October 10th through 13th at the Javits Center. Make sure to pencil that in because that will be the the New York Comic Con that we were just referring to. Another big show for this uh, side of the coast.
0: <laughs> I made the New York Comic Con, I don't know if I said this before, like three years ago I think it was. Completely unplanned. Threw my TK armor into a bin because I was going to visit my friends there. So I threw that on at their apartment, and I just started walking down the street. And a police car pulled up, blasted their sirens. I thought, oh, I'm going to get the you know the blaster taken away or whatever. And in just the heaviest New York accent over the speakers was, "May the force be with you." <laughs> <laughs> These two cops were just like giving me the thumbs up, and then took off. And I was like, that's cool.
4: <laughs> yeah, they're probably used to it by now.
0: I would actually. think, right?
4: Well, I mean, even on days when probably there isn't a Comic-Con in town, they'd probably see stuff like that, too.
0: Yeah, well, it is New York.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So for more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends over at Roku Depot. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather data from. So, if you want to have your uh, unit published on the Roku Depot's Data Burst, be sure to have your website's event calendar updated, because that's where they get all the information from. Uh huh. That's the secret.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I said uh huh. <laughs> I have to just get a calendar to publish. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> This episode's shout-out goes to our April 2013 Legion Trooper of the Month, Ville, BH11380 of the Nordic Garrison. Ville was the principal builder of a full-scale ATST in Finland. He spent more than 500 hours to complete the 6.3-meter-tall Battle Chicken, uh, just in time for the Model Expo on the weekend of April 27th. So we'll have a link in our show notes to the Nordic Garrison's Facebook page where you can see photos of this awesomely completed project. Uh, Our other April nominees were uh, George DZ7894 of the Skull Garrison, who provided great support for Make-A-Wish Foundation Hospital Visit, and Gabriel TK2444 of the Chilean Outpost, who displayed enormous fortitude and a cheerful spirit while wearing his Gamorrean guard costume during the heat of the Lion City Parade. So congratulations to our Legion Trooper of the Month nominees. Keep up the great work and In the Name of the Empire.
4: Okay, so last episode we had a uh, trivia question, I believe, when we had Trey Stokes on.
0: Oh, right, and it was the, uh, what was the name of the droid, right?
4: Yes. um, We did have actually somebody um, enter, which I was totally flabbergasted about because normally <laughs> we have been getting like no response. We have, <laughs> right. we were like trying to give away swag.
0: You IM'd me or emailed me and goes, well, it was kind of this answer, but does that count?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we did have someone in your reply trying to look up his name now. And um, let's see, Mariano um, was the, uh, the name that he posted under, and he wrote that Pink Five's Astromax name is Dee Dee, which that part's right, right, and appears in 2002's Pink Five, but that part was not right. wasn't quite right because, uh, as you uh, as you heard with Trey Stokes' interview, um, it was really just. Um,
0: yeah, I don't think Dee Dee appeared until the, the third, the beginning of the third episode.
4: Yeah, it was just her in her little cockpit, yeah. and you didn't even see the droid, I don't believe. So, Yeah. So Dee Dee wasn't in the first one, but since you're the only person who replied, guess what? You win! Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good enough! You got the name!
4: <laughs> so, uh, we'll be sending you an email so that you can give us uh, your mailing address, and we'll get a 501st cast patch and maybe some other stuff I have kicking around here trading cards or whatnot or tattoos and uh we'll get that out to the mail to you
0: so that'll... congratulations congratulations and that'll teach <laughs> that evil trey stokes to make it so difficult <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah we thought it was going to be a relatively simple <laughs> trivia question
0: oh well all good As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of the Legion news while driving, sitting at the office, doing nothing, working out, you know, whatever it is. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as the 501st Legion or go to facebook.com forward slash the 501st legion you can also follow us on twitter as at 501st legion or go to twitter.com forward slash 501st legion join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping star wars and charity the 501st is a worldwide star wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by star wars fans While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2013, Lucasfilm
1: Limited, and trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization.